0: Did you know that heart attacks are one of the leading causes of mortality worldwide, affecting millions of people every year? One of the most dangerous and frightening things about a heart attack is that after the heart has been damaged, it has very limited capability to heal itself and regenerate. And there are actually very few treatment options for patients who have had heart attacks. So, in the past few years and decades, stem cells have emerged as a new therapy to treat these damaged hearts. But the thing is, to treat it, you have to get the stem cells to the area of damage. So, one way to do this would be to undergo open-heart surgery and directly inject the cells into the heart, where the damaged tissue is. However, open-heart surgery is a very complicated and dangerous procedure. So, a new emerging therapy, you're actually able to inject cells directly into the bloodstream using a catheter, At a distant part of the circulation, and then use that catheter to find and actually inject cells into the blood vessels of the heart tissue. And so, once inside the blood vessels, these cells have the ability to find damaged tissue, cross the blood vessel wall, enter where this damaged tissue is, and help with regeneration. The only thing is, only a small fraction or portion of these cells actually exit the blood vessel and reach the damaged tissue. And how they actually exit is unknown. And it's a mystery. And so this is a huge mystery that no one seems to know. And it was something that I was interested in uncovering. I'm Tyler Allen, a graduate student at North Carolina State University. And I am a stem cell investigator. So, let's find out how these cells are getting out. So, like I said previously, it's been known for some time that cells, or the stem cells, actually do exit blood vessels and reach damaged tissue. So, this was found out by researchers and scientists who did experiments where they injected cells into the bloodstream, or into blood vessels, at one time point. And then they waited, and they came back and they imaged the same blood vessel at another time point and saw that the cell was strikingly outside of the blood vessel. And so they knew that somehow they were exiting, but how they were actually getting out was still unknown. It was an elusive mystery that I was interested in solving. So, One way that we kind of... uh, or one question that we had was, do they exit similar to other blood vessels or other blood cells in the the vessel or in the circulation? So, there's a very common or well-known blood cell that actually exits, and this is known as the white blood cell. So, the white blood cell, it actually travels around through the circulation or through the blood flow and the blood vessels. And usually, as an immune or inflammatory response, it'll exit the blood vessel. And so it does so in a very characteristic manner, where it squeezes through, kind of like this video that just showed the uh, white blood cell exiting the blood vessel. So, it was a question as to whether stem cells use this method. So, we know that they exit, but due to the limitations of the imaging technology we have, we don't really know how stem cells exit. So, a lot of people just assumed that it was similar to white blood cells. Or they just squeezed through. But I was actually curious to understand or to know if they did indeed use the same method. So, it was a big question for me, did they exit the same way as white blood cells? And the reason that I really questioned this is because stem cells and white blood cells are extremely different from one another. So, maybe they do undergo a different way to get out, because white blood cells, they've got specific membrane proteins and cytoskeletal um, properties that most other cells, including stem cells, simply just don't have. So, it was my thought that, well, maybe the stem cells are using a different method that's completely distinct from white blood cells, because they don't have the components needed to squeeze through and exit, like white blood cells. But like I said before, it's very hard to see this in humans, and it's very hard to see this in most mammals. So, I turn to the zebrafish. So, here's an image of a zebrafish, and they're called that because they've got these nice stripes, similar to zebras. But zebrafish are actually more related to you in humans than you might think. So, zebrafish share about 70% of the protein-coding region of the genome as humans. So, they are actually excellent models to study biological processes that occur in humans. So, I specifically use them at the embryonic stage. And so this is really cool, because I can see completely through them, and they're completely transparent at this stage. And also, at this stage in life or in development, they haven't developed their adaptive immune system. So, if you introduce cells that are foreign to them, then they won't reject So, what I'm able to do is I use a specific type of embryo where all of the blood vessels are fluorescent with green fluorescent protein. So, they're green, like this one down here. So, what I'm able to do is actually take cells and then directly inject them. So, how I do this... or the the first thing that I want to do is actually see if these were even good models. So, I want to see if mammalian cells that were introduced into the zebrafish embryo could exit. So, remember before when I said that the white blood cell normally exits and exits all the time. So, I wanted to see if white blood cells from a mammalian model would actually behave the same way and exit and squeeze through blood... or squeeze through blood vessels in the zebrafish. So, what we did is we took whole blood from a mammal, and there are rats specifically in this case, and then we isolated the white blood cells. And then what I did is I labeled these white blood cells, and then I was able to inject them into the zebrafish. So, let's take a look. So, here is the setup that I use for injecting cells. Here's me at a microinjector. And in the red box is the actual setup that I use. And the zebrafish are in there. But let's take a closer look. So, here's the zebrafish. And here it is, the microinjector. And then you've got the uh, the area that comes down into where the, uh, the zebrafish's heart is and leads directly into the circulation. So, I'm able to inject cells directly into the circulation. And then what they can do is they'll kind of travel around the circulation and through the body of the zebrafish and to the tail or to several other regions or areas of the zebrafish embryo. And then, this is where it gets really cool. So, I'm able to get these nice, beautiful images. So, in this case... This is the area or a region of the zebrafish. And you can see the blood vessel is in green here. And then the injected cells are actually in red. And then what I'm able to do is take slices of images at different points. And then, using a software, I'm able to actually do 3D reconstructions of these images. And then this... this is where it gets cool, because it allows me to take journeys through the blood vessel. We're actually able to dive in and swim through the blood vessel and actually see what's going on inside and see where the cells are in relation to the blood vessel. So, with this, let's take a look at what happens when we inject white blood cells, mammalian white blood cells, into this zebrafish model. So, here we've got a picture, or we've got a video, of a white blood cell in red and then the blood vessel here in green... So, right now it's... or at the beginning of this video, it's inside the blood vessel. And then around here is the outside of the blood vessel. And you can kind of see the blood vessel wall right here in green. So, let's take a look and see if it undergoes the characteristic manner where it kind of squeezes through. So, you see... oh, and there it is. It's out. So, it actually, interesting... or interestingly enough, it does squeeze out similar to how they natively squeeze out when they're in their own environment. So, even in this uh, zebrafish model, mammalian cells, or mammalian white blood cells, can squeeze and exit out just fine. So, this was actually really exciting, because this showed that the zebrafish embryo model was an excellent model to study how mammalian cells exit blood vessels. So, with this, we wanted to move on to what we were really interested in. And this was the stem cell. So, what we did is we labeled, or we took stem cells, adult cardiac and other types of mammalian stem cells, and we labeled them and we injected them into the same zebrafish model. And so, in this case, or in this video, we've got the red... these are the stem cells this time, and the green are also, like in the previous one, the blood vessel. So, except in this one, we've got both the 3D reconstruction and the 2D video, which are going to play in tandem. So, let's take a look and see what happens with these stem cells when they're inside of the blood vessel. And let's see if they exit. Maybe they'll exit, like, the white blood cells, or maybe not. Let's take a look. So, here we have the cells, and they're leaving. And then they're actually almost being pushed out, it seems. And now they're out. That was... that was really cool. Because that was... that was a lot different from the white blood cell. saw so the white blood cell was squeezing out. But this... They actually maintained their form, and it was almost as if they were being pushed out of the blood vessel. And so this was really interesting and exciting when we saw this, because this was the first time that anyone had ever seen or visualized the method that stem cells use to exit blood vessels. This was exciting. This has never been seen before. And so we were actually really, really interested in what was going on here and what was going on with this process. So, let's take another look at another cell. So, here we've got another type of stem cell, and it's the same setup. So, the the red is the stem cell, the green is the blood vessel, and we've got the 3D reconstruction and the 2D playing in tandem. So, let's take another look at this. So, right now it's inside the blood vessel, and then... bam! It's just pushed out. So, again, it doesn't squeeze out. Even this one, which is a different type of stem cell, is still actually being pushed out by the blood vessel in a very characteristic and interesting manner. So, this... this showed us that the stem cells, regardless of the type of stem cell it was, undergo this kind of pushing method and not the squeezing method that was thought like the white blood cells. So, this was actually really interesting, because it showed that we had discovered or observed an entirely new phenomenon or way for cells to exit blood vessels. So, what we did is we actually named this process. And so, it's called angiopilosis. So, angio, relating to blood vessels, and then pello is Greek for to drive or push out. And so we saw that this process was a multi-step process that began with the cell traveling through the blood vessel or through the bloodstream, and then would attach or become enlarged in the blood vessel wall. And then the vessel wall would then start to wrap around and kind of hug the cell and then actively push it from the inside into the outer region, where it could then exert its beneficial or therapeutic effects. So, we wanted to see next is, was this specific to stem cells? So, in science, since the process of biology and the biological processes are so dynamic, you really want to make sure that what you're seeing is not just an artifact and that this is specific to the type of cell or whatever model or system you're looking at. So, we had all these questions when we found out... or we discovered this um, method for cells to exit. We were interested in, was this specific to cells? Was anything that was round or around the same size, would it also exit? Or was it something that was on the cells or a cellular component that was causing this? So, we needed a good control to make sure that it wasn't just anything around the same size and the same shape that was undergoing this method, or if it was... So, what we did is we took microspheres. And so, microspheres are actually these polymer kind of round balls that are around the same size and shape as the stem cells. And the only difference is that they're... or one of the only differences is that they're not biological. They have no biological components. They're completely synthetic. So, we wanted a control to see, well, if we inject something that's around the same size and the same shape as these stem cells, how would it react, or would it react in a similar method, a different method, or would nothing or something happen at all? So, what we did is we took those microspheres, and then we labeled them with a fluorescent marker, and then we actually did the same thing. We injected them into the zebrafish embryo, and we saw what would happen. And so, here in this example, the green is the blood vessel, and then the yellow uh, round ball that you see is the microsphere. And so we imaged, and we inject... or we injected them, and then we imaged, and then we looked for hours and hours and hours, and then we patiently waited. And then nothing happened. They would circle around. They would travel through the circulation. Some would clump together. Some would become lodged in the vessels in different places. But none of them would ever exit. None of them would escape. Uh, They wouldn't exit through angiopillosis or through the method like white blood cells. They would just stay inside the blood vessel. So, this was... this was really interesting, because then we had another question. It was, is there something about the cell that is prompting the blood vessel or is prompting them to exit or leave out of the bloodstream or the circulation? Because if you have these inert, non-biological microspheres that are around the same size and the same shape, They don't do anything. They don't do anything at all. So, we thought... or we devised this plan to kind of tease out what was going on in this method and what was going on. So, what we did is we took these same microspheres and these same stem cells. And what we did is we kind of... we gutted out the stem cells so that only their shell or their membrane was present. And then we we dissolved or we disassociated the cell's membrane and then reformed them around the microspheres. So, think of, like, a costume party. So, these uh, microspheres, they're going to a costume party, and for this situation, this example, the costume is the membrane or the skin of the stem cell. So, now we've got these uh, microspheres that have the coated membranes of the stem cells. And we're going to use these to see what happens when they're introduced into the system. So, what we did is we took these coded microspheres and we injected them again into the zebrafish embryos, and then we saw what would happen. So, in here, you've got two microspheres that are kind of uh, close to each other inside the blood vessel. And let's... let's take a look and let's see what happens. So, see, right now they're inside. And then now they're being pushed. And you see they're actually outside at this point. So, here we've got the blood vessel. And see, now they've actually exited to this extravascular cavity surrounding or outside of the blood vessel. And so this was... this was really interesting. Because this showed that the cells... or there was a component of the cell on the membrane that even when on a non-biological substance could prompt them to exit the blood vessel. So, this was... this was exciting, because it showed that even if a polymer microsphere was coated with something biological, it could escape. So, we were interested to find out, well, okay, so we know it's something on the membrane. We know that there's some component that's causing this. What could it be? And so we thought back, and, well, we we thought and we thought, and we remembered the white blood cell. So, remember, I talked about the white blood cell and how it regularly escapes from the bloodstream all the time. So, we thought, okay, the white blood cell has lots and lots of membrane proteins that help it with this process of squeezing through and interacting with the blood vessel to actually escape. And so, we... we searched around and we found that there was a membrane protein that was actually found on both white blood cells and stem cells, and these type of stem cells that we were using, and it was present on both. So, we we devised of a way to kind of see if they were the same, or if these two processes, stem cells and white blood cells exiting, relied on the same molecular pathway, or the molecular system. So, what we did is we blocked the antibody... or using an antibody, uh, we blocked this protein on white blood cells. And so, we took these white blood cells that had been blocked, and then some that were just normal white blood cells that hadn't been blocked, and we introduced both into the zebrafish model, and we wanted to see if, in this model, that blocking this protein, or this membrane protein, could inhibit the white blood cells from exiting. And then we could see if this was a good model to test this. So, on the far left, we have some white blood cells that have been injected that are not blocked. And then, closest to me, we have white blood cells that have been injected that this membrane protein has been blocked. So, right now, the red is the white blood cell and the green is the blood vessel. So, let's take a look and let's see what happens. So, in here in this video, you see it's going and going. And then, on the very far left, the ones that have not been blocked, they're actually able to uh, exit just fine and kind of come out of the blood vessel characteristically and squeeze out just fine. But here in the one closest to me, the white blood cells are actually trapped inside the blood vessel and they're not able to exit. It's almost as if they've been blocked or inhibited from squeezing through. So, what we wanted to do next was see if this held true for the stem cells. So, we actually took that same membrane protein, using the same method, we blocked it on the stem cells. And then we injected these stem cells into the zebrafish embryo, and we went to see what would happen. And we saw that actually, even when this protein was blocked, they could still exit, or they could still escape from the blood vessel in the same characteristic angiopelosis method, where they're being pushed out from the inside. So, this was... this was really interesting, because now this showed that white blood cells and stem cells, they both require these membrane components and these biological components to exit, but they're two completely different components that are allowing them to achieve these things. So, this further established that angiopoiesis was a completely different method than the one used by white blood cells to exit the bloodstream or to exit blood vessels. So, this this is really interesting, and this showed that we had pretty much defined or discovered a completely new method for cells to exit blood vessels, and it represented a method that stem cells use to exit blood vessels to reach damaged tissue. And so this is really important, one, because if we understand this method, then this is understanding a unique and basic biological process that's going on. But also, it's interesting, because remember at the beginning when I talked about heart attacks and how dangerous they are and how there are very few limited treatments. But remember the treatment where we inject the stem cells and they're able to cross the blood vessel wall and reach the damaged tissue? So, this is a promising treatment or promising therapy. But like I said before, only a small fraction of the stem cells actually exit and reach the damaged tissue, which is a problem. But if we can understand how they're doing so, if we can understand angiopillosis and all of the mechanisms and the molecules involved, then we can manipulate these and augment and increase the amount of stem cells that are exiting the blood vessel and reaching the damaged tissue, potentially increasing the amount of regeneration happening and saving countless or improving lives as well. So, I want to thank you all for listening to my talk, and I especially want to thank my advisor, Dr. K. Chang, as well as my lab members, my collaborators and funding, as well as iBiology for giving me the opportunity to give this talk. And thank you, and have a great time.